There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Blue Murder Club. I'm your host, my name is Carrie and I'm accompanied today by my very good friend and fellow host. Lauren, hello, hello, how are you? Hello babe, I'm alright, how are you? Yeah, not bad, it's been a bit of a week but we're getting through it so yeah, yeah all good. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited this morning to be recording because we're recording series three oh. and we've had an idea. You had the idea and bravo <laughs> to your idea because it's fucking amazing. <laughs> So what we thought we'd do this whole series was have a theme of American Horror Story, wouldn't it? Cha-ching. So every episode that we're going to do for Series 3 is going to be linked with a series of American Horror Story. Or a character in a series. Yeah, or one of the characters that's mm-hmm. inspired that series or mm-hmm. something like that. So um, today's episode, we are covering the case of Joseph Carey Merrick, aren't we? God love him, yes, we yeah. are. Also known as the Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he spent quite a few years of his life working in a travelling freak show. Yeah. Or fairs, circuses, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, didn't he? He was a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so obviously this is, a, this is um, a character from history that we're both quite fascinated with, aren't we? Yeah. So my nan, God love her, was passing away in hospital when I was about 13. Mm. And it was the Royal London. Mm. And I remember she was on her deathbed and all I could keep thinking about was the memorabilia and everything that they had in the corridor and I kept going to my dad dad can I just go out and have a look can I just go out and have a look because I was just obsessed by it and I could Mm. not stop staring at it what stuff have they got in the hospital can you remember I think he was a writer wasn't he Mm. He, uh, his journals Mm -hmm. I think I don't know if it was his skeletal remains or a replica Mm. or that I don't Mm. know how new it but I remember seeing his skeletal Mm. Uh, yeah, I his skeleton know. is in is in the hospital, so perhaps it was displayed back then. Yeah, I don't. I, I just remember pictures, mm. and I got a bit that um a bit uncomfortable feeling. Mm. But I loved looking at it. It was one of them I just couldn't look away, and I was just reading about. I was mm. like that. I have always been like that when you go to museums. Mm. You know, people just walk past quick. Yeah, I have to read everything. Yeah, and I'm like learn that. About that. I'm like that. He winds people up, funny enough, Kaz, and I don't know why. 
Because I'm like, will you stop a minute? I'm looking. I have to read every single yeah, thing. because I'm think, the same. Well, that's where you get the information yeah. from. Unless you've got one of those headsets where they mm-hmm. talk to you as you walk through. You have to read it. Otherwise, oh, how do you know what you're looking at? I know. You miss Precisely. out on all the good quality information. And I'm obsessed with history. I'm obsessed. Oh. Like, There's nothing I like more to touch a wall and know that it's been there for oh, years. Oh, me too. Oh, my God. Graveyards, I'm the same. Mm. I love to go to a graveyard and see like their earliest graveyard. Yeah. I love all stuff. I'm just obsessed with history like the yeah. Tower of London with the graffiti on the wall have you seen that in the tower I was just going to say to you oh my God. I went to Colchester Castle and it's the same mm-hmm. thing like where the soldiers over like I don't know hundreds and hundreds of years ago had to stand like a sentry duty mm-hmm. they'd just like carve the initials of their sweetheart oh and I had to put my hand on it yeah that's me I have to touch it yeah or when we went to Anne Frank's house oh. I had to touch that as well it's just you can feel the history don't tell me off but I didn't go well, well, I stood outside it. Yeah, and there it is looks a big like queue. A fucking no, ain't they? Look like a glass box. I'm getting up. Oh, it looked like a glass. They've built like a glass box over it to preserve it, and I get it why well, they've done and it. And Frank House. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. I just, I don't know. It is exactly the same as what it was, though. Oh. It's really good. It is really good. It's very. I oh, maybe it's very well preserved. I go because yeah. I think my heart. I left it there. Yeah. In Amsterdam, it's my best place in the world ever. <laughs> it's cracking holiday, isn't it? Oh, I just love it. Something for everyone. My husband, I'm just going to go and walk around the red light district again. And mm. I just love again. It's yeah, it is a very historic place, isn't it? And you can see the history in its yeah. streets and yeah, oh. lots of places on continental Europe mm. are steeped in history, though, oh, aren't I? Yeah. Absolutely. We've done two museums when we went there. And I, I bet I know same. which one you went to. No, I did gone. Did you not go to the sex museum? On the first trip I did, yeah. I went on a boys' holiday, didn't I, without <laughs> my husband. Um, that one I did. That's but a good museum. It was. No, I went to the actual Amsterdam Museum. Oh. And then we went to a museum and it had Banksy's Expo there. Oh, right, yo. So we went and yeah. see that as well, which was fucking brilliant. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so I can see why, you know... it. It goes, but I think if you've got a love of history, it does start up when you're probably in junior school. Mm. And you start learning when they start teaching you some decent history, like Roman history, oh, and Egyptian history, mm-hmm. you know, all the ancient stuff. And then suddenly you go to London, you're like, oh my God, there's actual Roman artifacts yeah. in my capital city. It's so that good. Wall. It brings it to life, doesn't it? When you get off the Tower London. Um, oh, yeah, Fenchurch Street. Yeah, and you see the Roman wall. The Roman wall, yeah. I just little... want to go and touch that every yeah. time. Every time, because I just love it. Yeah, there's only a little section left. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, if you go to Rome, there's a probably about 12 foot high wall all the way around the city. And you're like, wow. yeah, that little tiny shred we've got in London don't really compare. No. <laughs> it doesn't stack up, yeah, does it? No, not really. But I mean, until you go to Rome, you, you're quite impressed with that little shred that we've got. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I think you're right. Well, I watched a few um, documentaries about Joseph Merrick mm-hmm. over the last couple of days in preparation. And um, yeah, I think maybe his cap that he wore and his the sack that he wore of his face mm-hmm. and his cloak, I think they're at the hospital. Yeah, I've just... So you may have seen them as well. Seeing it all on display in mm. some sort of hallway. I, and I just remember... Yeah. Yeah, just being overtook with this man. And I would just remember looking, he just couldn't stop mm. staring and... Because he's so Reading. famous, isn't he? Mm. And for you to like, obviously you, in your mind, you're thinking, I'm going to go and visit my nan while yeah. she's poorly. And then all of a sudden you see like, all these amazing historical yeah. artifacts from this really famous person. It must have, no wonder oh. you were so interested oh, in it. Oh, it was a fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Before we go ahead, Kaz, can we do a quick shout out to our very first 
Patreon. Absolutely. So we just want to say thank you, Ellie Moo. Really thank- appreciate it. Thanks, Ellie Moo. <laughs> and thank you, uh, Charlie Reese brown Yes, Vicky Hurst, the one and only. And Stuart Whiffin. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> for Patreons. Yeah, they're rocking it. Thank so you thank very much. You. Yeah, so... Um, I threw the... No, I? no, 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 it's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. So, doing. yeah, so obviously, you know, going back to American Horror Story, uh, Freak Show was was one of my favourite series. Was it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I was wondering as well, and uh, thinking about list, it... Kaz. Huh? It's really love on my list. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I was thinking, like, you know, like, one of my favourite actors is... Evan Peters, because mm-hmm. he did the the Dharma thing recently, he plays the lobster boy, doesn't he? Yeah. And I was wondering if, if he had the same affliction as Joseph Merrick did, because one of his oh. hands had turned into that kind of shape, hadn't it? I have read something about who it was based on, and um, it was hereditary, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it was something, I think it maybe skipped a generation oh well, I can't mm. really remember like yeah. this is all guesswork so I better shut up <laughs> but yeah I do remember reading about it because as we go further into the podcast and you know modern medicine and DNA testing mm-hmm. and stuff they're trying to pinpoint they're still not 100% sure what afflictions Joseph Merrick had mm-hmm. um, but they kind of know they think it's probably two he had two at the same time which is why he looked so oh, God, why him. he stood out so much from anyone else who had one or the other oh. because he had both and one of them it was called let me see I've got the word for it here somewhere and it was called oh Proteus syndrome mm-hmm. and what happened he's right I think it was all down his right side most of the extra bony uh, layers mm-hmm. and it, it turned his right hand into a like a bit of a stump didn't it in his left in his right foot also yes. it grew like a club foot, massively yeah. yeah I saw um on the documentary that they did a cast of his foot and it was absolutely huge, wow. massive. But it, uh, that is, and they said the scientists said that's classic s- symptom of Proteus syndrome. Mm. And I was wondering if maybe that's what Lobster Boy oh, had. Oh, it could be, yeah, on both hands, yeah. yeah, yeah, possibly. I don't know, but um, wow, it did make me think. Obviously, tying it in with Freak Show and everything. Yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah, going back to Joseph Merrick, okay, the Elephant Man. You were going to do a bit of a deep dive on his early life, weren't yep. you? It's so. just a sad life, isn't it, Cass? He's had a, oh, he had a very, very sad life, and you can't help but feel for the guy. Well, life was tough for an average person in Victorian yeah. times. So fuck being like anything less than average, or yeah. other than sorry, I don't mean less than, but other than no. a, other than other than average. No, definitely. <laughs> you had a massive disadvantage. Yeah. Um, so. He was born in August um, on the 5th in 1862, so we're in Victorian England, in Leicester. He was also known as John, and his stage name was, as we know, the Elephant Man. So he was born to a weaver, Barnabas, and his wife, Mary Jane. She supposedly suffered from some sort of um, physical disability. Mm. And according to family accounts, she was crippled. So maybe that was hereditary, but she didn't show a bigger form of it than what he did. Mm. So um, he was the eldest of four kids. However, he outlived all of his siblings. So sad, isn't it? Yeah. But that time, loads of kids did die in infancy, didn't they? Mm. In Victorian England. So um, he was born... Oh, So his um, next born was a little boy called John. But he only lived to three months. 
And then the, another son came along called William, and he died at the age of four. And then Marion, she was the only girl, but she was actually born disabled, Kaz. Mm. So it sounds to me like they all might have had something not quite right. Some kind of birthday fix. Yes. Uh, or like, like you say, hereditary. Yeah. And she died at the age of 24 from a seizure. So. Yeah, I think on the census it said, you know, it's got your occupation and mm-hmm. stuff. She, I think it just said dis- disability yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so it it's sounds, not actually, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, you can't find. Again, they were so shit at record keeping. Yeah. But, well, um, one of the documentaries I watched yesterday, mm-hmm. they were trying a bit of genealogy. Yeah. And like you mentioned, not, not one of those Merrick children had children. No. So there's no direct bloodline from the, like, the coupling of, John Joseph mm-hmm. Merrick's parents, yeah, or like it that line it ended ends with, with him with that generation, mm-hmm. yeah. But there was plenty. I think his da- there was lots of Merricks, mm-hmm. and they were still living Leicester. And there's lots of Pottertons, which was his mother's mm-hmm. maiden name. So they managed to like they, it was really good actually. Wow. They were tracking it with genealogy and checking and testing DNA wow. and stuff. So <gasps> it was quite it was really You'll interesting. Have to actually. With a link to that, yeah, it's on it's on YouTube. Really it was something it's this old BBC show called Q E D, I think. Mm-hmm. I think they used to make documentaries on stuff and um it's worth it's worth a look actually. It's quite interesting. Ooh, I'll have a go. Yeah. So um we do know that his brother William he was born in eighteen sixty six and he died of scarlet fever. Mm. Um so that was the four year old. Um, so the girl was born with physical disabilities and so I believe that is something hereditary so Mm -hmm. it might have been the other one because the other the one that you mentioned Mm -hmm. doesn't it show itself later on in life Mm -hmm. or later on yeah yeah but this one was she was born with it and she died of Myelitis related seizures. Mm. So I don't know what myelitis is, do you? Mm. No, I'm not sure actually. So he was born a healthy baby boy, but at 21 months old, his lips began to swell. Mm. So that's all he had at 21 months, and he de- developed a lump on his forehead. But it wasn't until he was about five years old he began de- developing signs of an abnormal disorder where large growths appeared on his bones and skin. By the time he'd reached adulthood, his circumference of Merrick's head was roughly three foot. But you've got it in centimetres, haven't you? I've got 36 inches, which is 99 centimetres. And just just for a fun fact, I measured your head, didn't mm-hmm. I, just before we press record. <laughs> and your head is 21 and a half inches. Yeah. So let's say you've got like a normal average size head. Yeah. His head was like another two foot bigger. Jesus Christ. Oh my, it's a big old head, well, isn't no, it? No, another foot, a, a foot bigger rather, not two foot. Good. Wow. I always do crap maths on this podcast. <laughs> and you're on a can and case. Oh no, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he had growths uh, disfigurating his his face and jaw, and rendering him nearly unable to communi- communicate like myself, you know, old alive. <laughs> his skin was said to be spongy and thick. Mm. And as a child, he was told, fun fact, <laughs> that his mum was scared by an elephant while pregnant with him. Mm. And that caused his condition. That's why he's known as the Elephant Man. Mm. I love that fun fact. Yeah. I thought that was pretty awesome. So after... so. Mary Jane sadly passed away 
after never really recovering from the death of her two boys and ill health. She died when he was about 11, I mm-hmm. think, of um, yeah. I think it's bronchitis or something. Yeah, yeah. It. yeah, some kind of chest. So problem. he was just 11 years old. Um, just at that point in his life as well, Cass, um, his, condition, his condition started to worse. Mm. That worsened. So she was the only protector of him and the only actual sincere love mm-hmm. that he got, and that unconditional love was by his mum. Yeah. And just as his life's going to get worse for him, she passes away. So his only sort of mm-hmm. defence against the world yeah. suddenly is Dies. gone as well. Yeah. yeah. And he had a really special bond with him and she, she really cared for him and nurtured him. And he'd later go on to describe, because he was a writer, wasn't he, in, mm-hmm. in journals, um, that the death of his mother was the greatest sadness of his life. How yeah. sad's that? Well, look, you've got to think as well, he's seen all of his brothers and sisters mm-hmm. die as well. He's completely alone. Mm-hmm. So soon after, his dad remarried an Emma. And after the death of his mother, Joseph left school at 13 to find work, spending time as a door-to-door salesman with a burlap sack covering his face to hide the growths mm. but as the growths grow on his hand it ran uh, it rendered him unable to work so he managed to find a job at a cigar shop but it became too difficult for him to do the fiddly job of rolling cigars with his large right hand so his father arranged a hawker's license so he could try and sell gloves door to door but his appearance frightened potential com- uh, customers and he really struggled to make money. So even though he had this burlap sack on his face, yeah. his deformities on his legs and that was beginning to show more and more. Mm. And it was just scaring customers. God. Joseph Senior was said to be a very, very cruel man, his dad. Mm. And he would beat the boy if he came home with no money. And his stepmother would refuse to give him any food or mm. anything. Until we could pay for his keep. Yeah. Fucking arseholes, didn't they? Mm. So he was so miserable at home, he ran away several times. But luckily, there was one person in his life, his uncle Charles Merrick, who let him live with him and helped him with his business selling the gloves. Mm-hmm. But his license was revoked after a couple of years due to customers being so frightened of him. So he ended up in the workhouse. So he was 17 years old, Kaz. Mm-hmm. And homeless with a rare medical condition. So he had no choice to seek refuge at the Leicester Union workhouses, uh, workhouse. And the time at that time, Victorian England, I think that was the lowest of the low, wasn't it, workhouses? You had nowhere. Mm. That was your... That was the last resort. Yeah. 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 yeah it was, um, I think everyone was terrified of ending mm-hmm. up in the workhouse, mm-hmm. weren't they? Yeah. And they were like prison-like environments. Mm. And they were considered unemployable people Mm. and they'd have to perform gruelling labour for their beds and keep, you know. Mm. So he was absolutely miserable at this workhouse and he hated his time there. And after a few years while there, his condition worsened and the growth on his lip got so big he couldn't eat or communicate properly. Um. So he had to have it operated on in the workplace hosp- uh, workhouse hospital mm. to try and make it a bit better. Um, he left the workhouse in 1884 to strike out on his own because he started getting an idea that's 
filming in his head. So mm-hmm. I'm going to pass the mic over to you now, Kaz. <laughs> if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But yeah, he's uh, right up until that time, he's had an awful, awful time of it, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, I suppose he's been basically five years in that workhouse, Mm -hmm. almost sort of like on charity, but not even getting charity free, having to work his fingers to the bone, like literally work really, really hard every single day of his life in isolation because he can't communicate with anybody. Um, The growths on the back of his neck where the loose folds of skin were Mm -hmm. emitted a really foul odour as well. Oh, lovely. So that's just yet another reason why nobody would would really want to spend Mm. time with him or be around him. Oh, God, love him. Um, Yeah, so two days before his 22nd birthday, so in uh, August 1884, he contacts a showman called Sam Tor Mm -hmm. and applies to join his travelling fair. Mm Mm-hmm. Having spent so long doing hard labour at the workhouse, Joseph wanted to see some of the world and earn some money. And this was the only option open to him. So he felt that instead of people gulping at him and pointing at him for free, he might as well make some money out of it. Yeah. 
And these travelling freak shows were a good way for people with uh, oddities and deformities to actually earn good money. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't unheard of for the acts to get split the profits 50-50 with the management. Mm -hmm. And they'd make really good money doing that. A lot of the times, all of the expenses would come out of the management side of that 50-50 as well. So it wasn't long before Joseph had raked in a fair few quid. Um, He... His debut, like his very first show, mm-hmm. was at the Beehive Music Hall in Nottingham. Um, he was greeted with shock and horror, but at least now he was getting paid yeah. for the repulsion that he generated mm-hmm. wherever he went. Um, Sam, uh, Sam Tor, who owned the Travelling Fair, he organised for a group of managers to um, market and um, manage Joseph. Mm-hmm. And they came up with the branding of the Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because of the background story, Joseph believed the reason why he had these afflictions was because it was something like, um, I can't remember what the name of it was now, but it used to be recognised that if something happened while the baby was in the womb to the mother, Mm -hmm. it would be transferred to the child, like you mentioned. Plus, the spongy um, like skin growths on the back of Mm -hmm. his neck looked grey and had an elephant texture. Oh, wow. And the growth on his lips sort of looked a bit like a trunk. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they market him as the Elephant Man. They produced all these banners and stuff, oh. come and see the Elephant Man. Uh, they toured around the East Midlands um, between August and sort of like the beginning of winter. Mm-hmm. By that point, um, that everyone who wanted to see Joseph had seen him because he was so, so unusual to look at. Mm-hmm. No one really wanted to go back and see him again. It wasn't like he was such an oddity that people be like, oh, let's go back and see him again. It was yeah. like one look is enough because he was so horrific to look at. Apparently. Oh, God love him. So in a way, he was almost too successful for the show. Yeah. People wanted to see him once they'd seen him. Nobody wanted to see him again. Um, so they travelled down to London for the winter season. Mm-hmm. One of Joseph's managers called George Hitchcock contacted um, a man called Tom Norman. This man, he was only uh, 24 years old, but he ran a number of uh, penny gaffs in London. Now, penny gaffs mm-hmm. were entertainment for the lower classes. So instead of it being like a travelling show, people like um, Tom Norman would rent little shops. All, I think he had about five or six shops in yeah. London. One of them was in Whitechapel. E- take, like, take note about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he would uh, exhibit oddities freak wow. shows people like that and charge people two old pennies to go and view whoever he had wow yeah and that's what penny gaffs were so sometimes it wouldn't always be oddities and freak shows sometimes it would be like performers mm-hmm. doing like little plays you know just really cheap entertainment for the yeah. working classes two old pennies you could go and have mm-hmm. a bit of a night out yeah um yes yeah, so this is what tom norman did now at first Tom Norman, he saw Joseph, Joseph Merrick, and yeah. he thought his appearance may be too horrific to be successful, but he did decide to have a go. You know, he looked into mm. Joseph's eyes and he could see the pleading there. They're like, oh, God love him. You know, if you don't take me on, I'm going to have to go back to the yeah. workhouse kind of thing. So he took him on. Um, and he decorated like the, the shop's still there actually in Whitechapel opposite the old the un, old London hospital yeah it's still there it sells saris now oh. <laughs> um but yeah it, it was the old um penny gaff and that's where you could go and view wow. the, the elephant man so that's where they lived 
Um, at this point, Joseph Merrick's 22 and Tom Norman's 24. They share lodgings together. Mm-hmm. They become quite friendly. Um, I know if you watch films like The Elephant Man, it looks like he was exploited and, you know, treated really mm-hmm. badly. But I don't think that's actually true. Okay. From what, from what I've read and seen... Um, this was his choice. Yeah. He wanted to earn I money. Agree. He yeah. wanted to earn a living. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be independent. And, um, he didn't want to end up in the workhouse. He didn't again. want to end up in no. the workhouse. And he, and obviously, like we said before, he, if he wasn't getting paid, mm-hmm. he would still be vilified. Mm-hmm. So he might as well make money out yeah. of it. I agree. And he made good money out of it. Now, Tom Norman was right in a way. He was a bit too horrific for him to be really popular. Mm-hmm. But they had a really good idea. They sold on the side these little pamphlets for a little bit of extra money. It was a three-page pamphlet titled The Life and Adventures of Joseph Carey Merrick, Half a Man and Half an Elephant. And it detailed the story about his mother and the elephant you wow. know, while he was still yeah. in the womb. And it included a description of his deformities. Then there was quite a few paragraphs about him complaining about his stepmother. So yeah. he must have really fucking hated her. She was an arsehole. Yeah, she sounds like one. And then there was a few uh, paragraphs about his life as a peddler mm-hmm. when he had the hawker's licence. And then finally he says a few things in his own words, which are, which was this. Making my first appearance before the public, I may say I'm as comfortable now as I was uncomfortable before. And it ends with a poem. Um, all 1,000 copies of this pamphlet sold out and Joseph got all of the profits from that pamphlet. Wow. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. So he's saving up some money. He wanted to buy himself a little house somewhere quite out of the way and he wanted to be able to live quietly and independently in peace. So yeah. that's the aim of the game. He mm-hmm. wants to make as much money as he can by exploiting himself. Why not? Yeah. Just think nowadays he'd probably be on... Um, only fans. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you know. Yeah, you know. Why, yeah. why, let, why let some manager exploit yeah. you and make all the money, get all the money yourself? Yeah. So yeah. it sounds like he was a decent businessman as well. Yeah. And I know you quite touched cute, on it yeah. before, but um, he left school at 13. But he was quite an educated person. Mm-hmm. His mum was a Sunday school teacher. And like you say, they were both, th- they were thick as thieves. Mm-hmm. And she educated him to um, so a really high standard. Yeah. He was by all accounts very intelligent, very mm-hmm. sensitive. Like you say, an avid writer until the hand got so deformed oh. he couldn't. But then he managed to change to be left-handed yeah. so he could carry on with his writing. Oh. Uh, but like you say, he couldn't even roll cigars. His no. hand was so deformed and it did end up looking a bit like, like we said, the lobster. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joseph had a bit of like a uniform. So if he ever went out, he'd wear an oversized black cloak, mm-hmm. a huge black cloak a dark brown cap and a burlap sack to cover his face. So he wouldn't oh. cause such a sensation. He couldn't really leave the house yeah. without this disguise because mm-hmm. he would cause a sensation like the police would have to come and break up the crowds oh. that were surrounding him and things like that. He was literally couldn't go yeah. out uh, without that disguise on, without causing a massive hoo-ha. Um... Yes, so here we are. So they shared lodgings, aged 24 and 22, and he was exhibited for two old pence for a view in the shop along the High Street in Whitechapel. Mm-hmm. This shop was right across the street from the Royal London Hospital, where the staff from the hospital would flock to come and view Joseph. So word oh. soon got out in the hospital that there was this like, medical yeah. specimen, I suppose mm-hmm. they viewed him as, but a very unusual. And, and as medical students, medical people, they were fascinated yeah, by him and they really wanted, yeah, sparked, yeah, massively. So, I mean, a lot of the time you'd find with people with physical deformities, they'd be in demand either through 
as an sh- exhibit in a show mm-hmm. or an exhibit for the medical profession. Yeah. Now, at least when you're in a show, you have some say, you have some say, you have some control, you're mm-hmm. able to make friends because there's other people there in the same boat as you yeah. and you make good money. They're much more frightened of getting in the clutches of the medical profession on the whole. Why? Well, because they wouldn't get paid, they'd be uh, exploited. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time, so word reaches uh, the, the head surgeon, Frederick Treves, the head surgeon. Yeah. Um, he features quite heavily in the later part of Joseph Merrick's yeah. life. So he um, arranged a private examination of Joseph mm-hmm. with this conclusion. The most striking feature about him was the enormous and misshapen head and the brow in particular, mm. a huge bony mass like a loaf, while from the back of the head hung a bag of spongy, fungus-looking skin, the surface of which was comparable to brown cauliflower. The skin had a foul odour and he had to bathe every day to try and keep the smell at bay. Oh, God, love him. Yeah. I can't only imagine it. I mean, luckily, he was around when photography had been invented. So we have yeah. seen, I've seen loads uh, yeah, of photographs loads of, of him. It's been amazing, hasn't Absolutely it? Absolutely loads, yeah. I and mean, that um, QE, QED or whatever it was that mm-hmm. I watched yesterday, they used um, some kind of like digital um, photography mm-hmm. to strip away the deformities to see what he would look oh, like. wow. It's really cool. Right, you've got to send me it. Yeah, I've got to see this. It's cool. I mean, you can see in the picture, the left side of his face is quite unscathed. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of get an idea of what his face would yeah. have looked like without all the growths. I'm going to have a look. And he would have been pretty handsome, to be honest. Oh, God, love him. Dark brown hair, brown eyes, quite an oval-shaped face. I was thinking, like, I don't want to say, I don't know if I should say it, but um, I've got a bulldog, haven't I? I'll yeah. be going. yeah. And what I have to do, in the folds of his skin, I have to keep them clean, keep them vesselated, keep it lubricated and, mm. like, put a barrier cream in between because they're so prone to, like, a yeasty kind of oh, infection. Oh, that's what it is. Mm. And the smell, yeah. when they get it, yeah, yeah it's not pretty. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's more of that because, yeah, when two, like, folds of skin are sitting on each other, yeah. it's, like, the grot good temperature and that for like bacteria to grow and oh. stuff like that i'm thinking i bet that's what it was yeah especially as it was at the back of his head so mm. it's not easily accessible no that's what i'm thinking plus he was um like when you look at his skeleton mm-hmm. the curvature of his spine was outrageous it's like the letter s it's so curved so oh. he wouldn't have been able to probably reach behind there no to be honest he would have relied on probably tom to help him baby yeah. things like that yeah blimey God but yeah him. i mean just to add Insult to injury, yeah. he's smelly as well. Yeah. I mean, he is. poor bloke. Oh, no. He must have lived his whole life in isolation. Oh, but, yeah, so, yeah, he meets Treves. Treves examines him, writes this conclusion. Joseph doesn't take kindly to it. He's like, that's enough. I'm putting my clothes back on. I'm going I'm going back to the shop. Oh, if you really? want to view me, pay the 2p like everybody else. Other oh. than that, I'm not coming out. No more freebies, basically. Oh, really? Yes. Treves feels appalled. He feels that Joseph is being exploited by Norman to make money. Oh, so that's his view. That's and that was, where it's come from. Yeah, that's the that was the view at the time. In Victorian England, it's sort mm-hmm. of like they're starting to get a bit more enlightened. That The view of the Travelling Freak show is kind of anti. Yeah. They're not... Um, Victorian society, the authorities, they're starting to really clamp down on these Travelling yeah. Freak shows. They don't like the look of these people being exploited however then they don't seem to be offering any alternative no there's nothing to it's like i'm yeah. gonna shut down your one source of income go back to the workhouse or 
dire penniless. I don't yeah. know. It, does, it just doesn't no feel very fair. It feels yeah. like they're taking away their one choice that these people had. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Treves persuades Joseph to come back over the road to the hospital for a more thorough examination and he gives him his calling card. Yeah. So it says uh, Dr. Tre- Dr. Frederick Treves, head surgeon, London Hospital on mm-hmm. the card. Um, so obviously Joseph puts this on his person and goes. Anyway, he then, Joseph trusts him, goes over there. What he does is he proceeds to parade Joseph naked in front of many of the leading physicians of the day at a meeting of the Pathological Society of London. So he's showing him off anyway. He's showing him off in front of loads of people. Joseph isn't even getting paid for the what privilege a, of it. Yeah, what a um, hypocrite. Yeah, massively. Um, all it is that here they're trying desperately to be the one to break through. They'll probably think, oh, if I can cure this man or if yeah. I can put a name mm-hmm. to what he's got, yeah. I'm going to be famous. Yeah. This is the thing. That everybody they're just exploiting wants, They're exploiting it. him yeah. massively. Yeah. They're looking on him. And Joseph came away and he said, I feel like an animal on display. Oh, God love So he him. felt more like an animal on display in the hospital than I think he did in the in the um, gaff. Yeah. There was God still no answers, him. no diagnosis, no cure. So he's gone through all that humiliation. He's been paraded. Yeah, and no one's still none the wiser. No. No one had ever seen anything like him before. And he felt more on show and exploited than when he was actually in the freak show. He refused to be examined like that again. Yeah. And um, not long after that, due to changing attitudes, Tom Norman's shop was closed down by the authorities and Joseph was forced to go back on the road with Sam. Right. So Joseph gets back in contact with Sam. Um, Like I say, there's there's changing attitudes. The authorities are shutting him down. So he spends some time. He goes back on the road with Sam. He's he's quite happy. He's got a couple of mates there. But... Within a couple of days, the show just gets shut down. Get, no matter where he goes, he's so famous, they get shut down. Okay, so it's more for his safety? Or? It's more like, it's just they're changing attitudes. They just they think he's being exploited. They they just they, oh, okay. they just want to shut down these travelling freak shows at this point. This mm-hmm. is like towards the end of the, of the 19th century. Yeah. Um, in 1885, he was forced to leave England mm-hmm. uh, because there wasn't, that sort of attitude on the continent. So he joined a travelling show in Europe. Right. He seemed quite content working in the show. He had some friends. Uh, he travelled with a travelling uh, fair around Europe and he made really good money. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when he was in Belgium, he woke up one morning to discover that his road manager had robbed him of every single oh, thing that he had yes. and just abandoned him. All he had left really was he had a little portrait of his mother, which he carried everywhere. He had a few, he must have had a few quid on him or something. And he had the calling card of Dr. Treves. Oh, sorry. And that was it. So he managed to make his way back to England. When he arrived back at Liverpool Street Station, he caused such a sensation. A massive crowd gathered around mm. him. The police um, obviously showed them all away, tried to communicate with Joseph. The trouble yeah. is, because of that growth on his lip, yeah. no one could understand him. Oh, They all thought he was mentally disabled as well as physically disabled because they couldn't understand right. the word, the speech. So they thought he wasn't making so any his sense. intelligence was hidden as well. Absolutely, yeah. Poor so they, they're treating him like he's... Um, like mentally retarded mm-hmm. when actually he's just got such a growth that he can't speak oh, clearly lovely. enough. Um, only people that get to know him can understand him. Yeah. And obviously a, a policeman that's just met him can't understand what he's saying. Luckily, they find this card on him and they take him back to the London hospital where Dr. Treves takes him under his wing. Oh. Um, 
Treves, at this point, he takes him into the hospital. Yeah. He, he um, he has he's given two rooms to live in in the basement of the hospital, which mm-hmm. is adjacent to the hospital grounds, and he and it was instructed to have no mirrors in there at all. So I think I think Doctor Treves is very aware that um, Joseph Merrick is he's obviously suffering with depression. Mm-hmm. Um, having mirrors is going to be very no. sensitive. That kind of thing. He's bathed every day to keep the smell at bay. Mm-hmm. He's looked after. Um, he actually journals. I have uh, sorry. This is Joseph Merrick. He journals. I have a nice bright room made cheerful with flowers, books, and pictures. I'm very comfortable and as happy as my condition will allow me to be. Oh, was he in pain, Kaz? Do we know that? Um, I think he would have definitely been in pain. Um, due to like the, the um, like all the while as he's growing older, the, his head's growing. Mm. And so it's it just becomes, not stopping. No, and it becomes so heavy and weighted down that that's obviously causing him pain. You can see, obviously, you you saw the skeleton, mm-hmm. how curved that spine yeah. is. I mean, that must be so painful. Yeah. He always walked with a cane. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think as well. I can imagine even just day-to-day things like trying to eat with that growth on his lip would oh, have been God, incredibly yeah. painful. Just trying to swallow, yeah. having all the pressure around his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, he um, eventually, Treves managed to decipher... Merrick's speech and learned that he wasn't mentally disabled at all and was in fact a sensitive man and was educated. He really enjoyed reading. Um, he he sought solace in books. That was the only way he could actually live a normal life was through reading how oh. other people's accounts were through books because he never knew what it was like to oh, lead a normal him. life. Um, Treves kind of dominated him a, a little bit. He wouldn't really let, I think... Um, you know, his old friend Tom Norman tried to visit him mm-hmm. and was t- wasn't allowed access to him. He just literally wanted to keep him as his own kind of pet, in a way, yeah. I think. Um, he said he, weren't, he wouldn't allow him out during daylight hours because he would cause so much of a sensation. So he would he was allowed to walk the grounds, but only after dark. Oh, lovely. Um, one time, he was smuggled into a theatre show. So this is really cool. He um, They smuggled him out one evening put him in a carriage, took him to the theatre, smuggled him into the box and put some kind of a screen up so people couldn't see him. And he watched the play. And then then it was reported that for days or weeks afterwards, he kept talking about the people in the play like they were real. Oh, God, love So he'd be saying something... Like, oh, do you think that man in the play has ever found his lost dog? Or, oh, you know, like, lovely. he was absolutely enraptured with it. <gasps> so he, he really enjoyed culture as well. Oh, love him. Yeah, exactly. He just obviously never had the chance. No. Uh, this, this was a little fact as well that kind of broke my heart a little bit. So um, Dr. Treves discovered that Joseph Merrick had never actually spoken to a woman before. A woman, I said, oh, yeah. sorry, I didn't speak very clearly then. A woman before. So he arranged for his friend Layla to visit Joseph and he briefed her already how, about how bad he mm-hmm. looked. And he, you know, prepare yourself. I don't want you to actually yeah. post. So she was instructed to, when she walked, when she walked into the room, mm-hmm. she met Joseph with a smile and she greeted him with a handshake and his reaction was so fierce, he literally broke down in tears. He oh, was God. inconsolable. And she was like, oh, my God, what have I done? So she left. And um, after he'd calmed down, he explained that he'd never in his whole life been smiled at by a woman. Oh, and he'd never God. been touched by a woman other than his mother <gasps> in his whole life. 
Oh, God love him. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Absolutely heartbreaking. However, him and Layla, they became they became pen friends. Oh. So they used to correspond with each other, so they did become well friends. Well enough, because it's very sad. Oh, isn't it? It's so heartbreaking. Mm. Um, by this point, he's sort of like 26, 27 years old. Um, as he got older, his ailments increased. The growths obviously just got bigger and bigger, and thus he spent much of his time in bed. And his head became so enlarged that he could barely keep it upright. Um, <sighs> let me see. So he died. He died really young. He died at the age of 27 on the 11th of April, 1890. Mm-hmm. Now, this date intrigued me a little bit because obviously one of my favourite... Um, crimes that we've covered on the podcast so far mm-hmm. was Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. So he would have lived in Whitechapel in 1888. Oh. During the time of Jack <gasps> the Ripper. How cool wow, is that? that is awesome. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. And then when I was researching my um, Six Degrees of Separation, mm-hmm. there were, you know there's that programme called Ripper Street. Yes, I loved Ripper the Street. The Elephant Man did actually appear in a yes, couple of episodes did. of it. You're yeah. Right, How yes. good is that? Yeah, like, it oh, was. Wow. It's like literally Victorian London and 1970s California like so hotbed. rich aren't they like, <laughs> yeah over these episodes when we get a time machine that's the first place we're going we'll go back to Victoria yeah. London yeah absolutely 1880s yeah 1880s and then we'll go over to Cali yeah in, in the, the 70s 1970s yeah we'll be 1970s right. yeah, yeah, yeah let's 90, do it yeah definitely it's just it makes me it just makes me really it makes me happy yeah I don't know why me. but no, it's good isn't it I'm I love, exactly the I love same. a crossover mm-hmm. I just love a merge yeah I do <laughs> Um, yeah, so during his time living at the hospital, Treves and Merritt became good friends. Merritt managed to decipher his speech and oh. he, um, he he tried to divulge a little bit of his genealogy. So he asked Joseph, did you have any brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. And he said no, which obviously was a lie. Oh. So whether, obviously we don't know whether he just didn't understand him mm-hmm. or whether Joseph just didn't want to discuss it. Yeah. Because he knew that he had a sister who had disabilities, yeah. but he didn't tell him that he did. Wow. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It just, I like that little, little bit of information because it just made me, it humanized the elephant man. Yeah. He's so, he's so categorized as like a victim, Mm -hmm. but the fact that he told that lie made me think he, he's a normal person. He's manipulating his story. He's in control of Mm -hmm. his uh, narrative. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I thought it was really interesting. Um, yeah. So that day he was discovered in bed. At the age of 27. Now, um, Joseph, because of the growth on his head and all the growths and the tumours at the back of his head, he could never lay down flat in bed to mm-hmm. sleep. He always had to, even in the workhouse, he slept sit upright. He'd put his arms, he'd curl his legs up, curl his arms around his legs and rest his forehead on his knees. And that's how he slept every night. And he did used to say to Treves, I'd love to just be able to sleep as a normal person. Oh. Obviously, you can imagine that must be yeah. that must be I mean that's torturous Jeez, on its own it never is. being able to just lie down lay and just down, yeah. spread out you know you know how nice it is at the end of the day just to lay in bed oh. and just let everything hang out yeah. he could never do that because his head was too heavy and when he was found dead mm-hmm. in his bed um, he was lying flat down flat out so um, the official cause of death was death by asphyxiation however Treves did carry out the post-mortem and he noticed a couple of dislocations on the neck Oh, God. So he, the weight of the head would dislocate oh God. the neck bones. Yeah. Or he just died of asphyxiation. But um, the trouble is, obviously, oh he suffered with depression, as mm-hmm. you would do in his situation. So one of two things happened. Either he slipped 
and because his head was so heavy, he couldn't get back up and save himself and he died of suffocation. Um, Or he just decided he'd had enough and just thought, I know this is going to kill me, but I would like to die as every other person. Yeah. I said, it's so sad. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, either way, he did. He died at the age of 27 in the hospital. Just his own, the weight of his own head yeah. snapped his neck or cut off his air supply. Jesus Christ. He yeah. Died so heavy, it's just snapped his neck. That's that's horrific. It is horrific. Absolutely. And um, I hope it's the later one that he's... Gone out his own way. Yeah. He's yeah, gone on his own terms. it was an accident, yeah. yeah. It sounds like he would have been slipping into more and more of a depression. Mm-hmm. He spent most of his time in bed. Yeah. Because he couldn't even go and enjoy a little like stroll around the hospital grounds or go yeah. and visit the theatre anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it does sound, it sounds absolutely terrible. He did have a few, um, like they, he used to bring like the members of higher society into Brook to meet him. He met the Princess of Wales, Princess oh. Alexandra. She was it, queen. it wasn't that they wanted to gulp at him though, right? No, I think by then, um, attitudes have changed and okay. they they all weren't wanting to help him i okay. think they used to uh, donate money to his towards his keep and things oh. like that they felt sympathy for him yeah, good. yeah attitudes have changed good. by then that wasn't quite so bad as it used to good. be um i've got a poem here because like he said he was a i think there's only one letter of his that survived but he used to um sign off his letters with a poem oh. this is the poem honestly you'll probably start welling up because yeah. it's so sweet Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tis true my form is something odd, but blaming me is blaming God. Could I create myself anew, I would not fail in pleasing you. If I could reach from pole to pole or grasp the ocean with a span, I would be measured by the soul, the mind's the standard of the man. Oh, just God love him. Mm, I know. So yeah, he was a very obviously like a quite a poetic, creative, sensitive yeah. man as well. Never really had the chance to um, to express that in his way. So I'm just going to quickly jump in. Mm-hmm. You know, I said he was known as John. There is a reason behind that. Do you know the reason? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say it? Oh, go on. Oh. So he was known by the wrong name for decades, Kaz, because the sage version of his life, Mm. which was written by a Bernard (laughs) Pomerantz in 1977, features a main character and he was deformed. And um, his biography mimics the life of Joseph very, very closely. So we think that's his inspo. Mm-hmm. And his main character was called John. Yeah. So, yeah, he was... Um, when Frederick... What's it? Frederick? Frederick Treves. Treves first saw him on display, he recorded his name as John in they, his memoir. Yeah, I was going to say it was because it was Frederick Treves that put yeah. John. Yeah. So the incorrect name stuck. So 
all in pop culture and all that, mm. well past his death, he's known as John and not Joseph. I keep wanting to say John. I know. It's like, it's weird, isn't it? John's mm. stuck a lot more. Than Joseph, yeah. And the funny thing is, that documentary I watched yesterday, they're tracking down Merrick's. Mm-hmm. There was a... Right, so you know, you mentioned earlier that his uncle, Charles, took yep. him in. Yeah. Charles was a hairdresser. Aye. And he took him in and he was a hairdresser in Leicester. Yeah. Um, Two generations since... Mm-hmm. Th- the man who owns it now is called Ray Merrick. Oh. Um, and he still owns that hairdresser shop in Leicester. Wow. And uh, he has got, I think he had a son and he's called John. <laughs> oh. He's called John Merrick. John, he said Jonathan Merrick on the screen, but then mm-hmm. they kept referring to him as John Merrick. I was like, oh my God, another John Merrick. Another one. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Fun fact. Yeah, go on. BBC Leicester now stands on the exact same site of Joseph Merrick's childhood home. Wow. Yeah. Because they were putting out... Um, there were uh, public appeal for Merrick's in the Leicester area. And they were like, oh, I'm Wow, I like that. His skeleton is still at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And there are people trying to, I think for the last couple of years, they're trying to, I think maybe family members are saying, can we please lay him to rest? Bring his bones mm-hmm. back to Leicester and bury him. Like you mentioned, his, I think his soft remains. Mm-hmm. God, it's gross, isn't it? They've separated his skeleton from mm-hmm. the rest of him. That's been, uh, you said it's buried. Um, City of London Cemetery. Yeah, City and of London Cemetery. In a pauper's grave, so that means he's not just buried alone, he's buried mm. with people below him and above him. They found, a couple of years ago, there was an orphan, she found his grave. Wow. Um, so, yeah, you can go and visit it, it's there. So, it was like a small little plaque there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty grim, though, that his skeleton is still on display. Yeah. Um, Treves did casts as well. So you can see a cast of his head and his shoulders, wow. cast of it, like I said, his foot, his hands. We're There's all sorts of stuff there. Case, yeah, pay our respects a bit. And in um, in the cast they did of his head, there's mm-hmm. some hairs in there. They were trying to extract his DNA from those hairs. Wow. Yeah, and from some of the bone as well, and things like wow. that, to try and see what it was. Like I said, they think that Proteus syndrome mm-hmm. was one of the contributors, and the other one was neurofibromotis, which would account for the sponginess. So he had the he had the bone growths, mm-hmm. which are still on display. You can see his head is it weren't just a growth of the skin; it was bone growing out. And he had the new neurofibromotis, which was the what they called the spongy yeah. hanging down the back. It was all down the back of his head, his neck, his back, um, but in oh. a massively severe form. So that's what they found out. But uh, to be honest, the tests were were inconclusive. But that is basically the best guess of all the experts at the moment of what um what he was afflicted with oh god love him yeah so yeah i thought that was a really good case actually yeah, i've thoroughly enjoyed it, it i was really, really good. did yeah it yeah. was just yeah just, it's tragic it's absolutely heart-wrenching you've but had don't me you think he, tears twice yeah. don't you think he had an amazing strength of character he did like he, he just it got on with someone it. someone like that, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, fancy having the bollocks to go and travel around Europe. Good on it. I've, it reminds me of, <laughs> I want to say a TV series, mm-hmm. um, Game of Thrones. And yeah. He, the um, player who plays, oh, what's his name? Ty- Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister. Oh, Tyrion, yeah. He says to Jon Snow something like, call yourself a bastard because everyone else will. I call myself the oh. imp because everyone, like, kind yeah. of build that up. And that's yes. what, to me, really reminds me of. He's doing it yeah. because he knows either way it's going to happen. Yeah. So let him take control of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good an- analogy, actually. Yeah, yeah, and control his own destiny like because 
Yeah, I really, really yeah. like that. It takes a good, strong character. It does, doesn't it? To do that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I take the piss out of myself all the time because I know he's being said to fuck it. Let's do it, you know? But I you're right. It. He could have just spent his life in that workhouse yeah. and just make, eked out an existence. Yeah. But he didn't. He took his. He took control of his life yeah. in a really spectacular way yeah. and, it, and he'll never be forgotten. No. So good I'd on you. Him. Good on you, Josie. Yeah. Even though they tried to call you John. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Um, how did you get on with your six degrees? Yeah, not bad. Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go on then. Hey, KB, here we come. So, I'm gone with Anthony Hopkins, who played the Doctor. Uh, la, la, la. Treves. Yeah, Treves. <laughs> in the <laughs> for, film. for ages, I thought they were saying trees. Trees. And then I That's, looked it up and there's a V in it. Or cheese. <laughs> Dr. Cheese. Dr. Cheese. <laughs> Dr. Cheese. Yeah, so I was just sitting there oh thinking, I, I look at you that I every time when I don't know, say, help me, Carol. So he was in Amazing. a film called Fracture with Alexander Berkjay. Was that Alexander? No, Zander. Zander. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one for Stu to help <laughs> us with. And he was in A Few Good Men with the KB. Oh, mine's ended up with a few good men hey, as well, I've had a few, to be fair, a few yeah. good men, so... Listen, we'll take what we can get at this point. Yeah. Um, right, mine is, same thing, gone with the film The Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. John Hurt, who played Joseph Merrick in the film. Yeah. John Hurt also played a character called Winston in the film 1984. Ooh. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Is oh, it good? Oh, so good. It's it, a classic. Is it sad? It's sci-fi, so 1984. Oh, that's not what I'm thinking yeah. of. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. It is quite sad, but it's not a sad film. It's okay. sci-fi, yeah. So, yeah, so, so he played Winston in 1984. Um, the other star of 1984 was Richard Burton. He was very famously married to Elizabeth Taylor. Ah, yes, I know. Um, this is, right, I was like, right, okay, I know Elizabeth Taylor starred in an episode of The Simpsons. So, you know in The Simpsons, Maggie Simpson never talks. Yeah. But a few, like, years and years and years ago, they said there was an episode called Maggie's First Word. <laughs> and Liz Taylor says the word. No, that yeah. is one claim to good, isn't it? Yeah, it's that. like, she was very famous, weren't she, Liz mm. Taylor? So she got a really good part. Um, and I thought, oh, do you know what? Loads of famous people, they're queuing up, aren't they, to go yeah. in The Simpsons. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland was also in The Simpsons. <laughs> not not uh, Keith yeah, Sunderland. <laughs> and obviously Kiefer Sunderland. <laughs> oh, I've done it! <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> was in A Few Good Men with our lovely Kevin Bacon. KB. The KB, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Well done, Kaz. That was a very good one. I, I love The Simpsons. Yeah, that's Now and then, if there's good. nothing on, you can always find an episode of The Simpsons. Can we do maybe a Patreon episode on The Simpsons predictions? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, because we've done Nostradamus, haven't mm-hmm. we, over on Patreon? So, yeah, we could do a Simpsons prediction. A lot. Yeah, it's quite uncanny, oh, isn't it, actually? It is. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Woohoo, let's yeah, do it. we'll do it. Why not? Well, hey. well, right, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. It sure does. We'd just like to thank you very, very much for listening. Thank you. Both of you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and your pets, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we really hope that you like this um, series of Ameri- inspired by American Horror Stories. Yeah. And we'd just like to remind you that we do have Patreon. If you can't get enough of us... Come and check us out for yeah. a little as £3 a month. Yeah. But we are looking for a sponsor. If you're out there, come and join in and we give um, you a shout out on the show every week. 
but well, yeah yeah well you can jo- you can join for one pound a month if you just want to support support us. the podcast and get a shout out mm-hmm. three pounds a month you get extra content you get early access to our episodes and they're ad free and you get a shout out yeah and you get a shout out and, and then... um you can join in with our polls yeah um yeah so it's www.patreon.com forward slash blue murder club be there or be square that's what she said <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. See you next time. <laughs>